Hello and welcome to Renewing Your Mind, a web-based ministry of South Bay Community Church located in Fremont, California. It is our prayer that today's broadcast will be a blessing to you. Let us prepare our hearts to hear the word of the Lord. begin by saying that without a purpose, without a purpose, your life has no direction. It has no direction and ends up fruitless. Without a purpose, your life has no direction and ends up fruitless. The text that the elder read to you today says that on day six, God made humankind and included in his evaluation of his work, he gave it a grade of good. It wasn't good because Adam was handsome or Eve was gorgeous. It was good because the humans, like everything else that God had made that day, was oriented around a purpose. Everything in creation is oriented around a purpose. And a lot of times we don't see it. We don't catch it. It is not always obvious to us. We, we don't see the usefulness of things or we don't get the benefit of things. It's like bugs. We see bugs, we step on them, we crush them, not realizing that everything that God has created has a purpose. There is a functional integrity to God's creation. Things, generally speaking, work well and are well-ordered. There's not much unnecessary stuff or waste in God's creation. Everything he makes is working toward a goal, working toward an end, working toward a purpose. You don't find a pack of wolves loitering in a parking lot. You don't find a flock of geese that have nothing to do You don't find a water army of ants who aren't busy working. God has purpose for everything that he does. In fact, that word good in the Hebrew in Genesis 1, while good has a a, a wide range of meanings in the scriptures, in Genesis 1, it refers to being fit for a purpose. Something is good for something is good for some purpose. That's why Genesis 1 is primarily about God ordering the world and then forming it for a purpose, for life, for humanity. When God saw that his creation, which included man, which was highly ordered for the purpose he intended, he says it is good. When he observed everything that he had made, everything had a place, everything was rightly ordered, everything had a function, he concluded in the concluding verses of that portion of Scripture, it is very good. All creation is good because all creation is saturated with a purpose. All humans that God have made have been saturated with a purpose. So then why does God give us a purpose? Because without purpose, we chase every wind that blows across our bow. 
Every fad that comes along, every in thing, everything that the culture promotes is hot. It gives us the sense that we must pursue it unless we have a purpose where we're able to look through it. Purpose kind of gives us like an anchor so that we're not blown about with everything that's happening. God gives us a purpose because without a purpose, we underutilize our capabilities. You see, we have gifts and skills and talent, but they have no focus without a purpose. If there's no purpose, they don't get used. They don't get developed. They don't work. They don't make an impact. They are wasted. And everything that God made has not been made to be wasted. Everything that God has made is made to fulfill something. And so giving us purpose gives a purpose to our gifts, our talents, our skills. God gave us purpose because without purpose, we waste time with meaningless, repetitious activities and behavior patterns that keep us from learning and growing and becoming a better version of ourselves. Without purpose, we are robbed of life's benefits, the experience of life which are given to us to teach us, to grow us, to make us better versions of ourselves. Those are missed when there's no purpose because we don't know how to use them for the purpose for which God has given those experiences to us. God gave us purpose because without purpose, we take but give little back. When there's no purpose, we are receivers and not givers. When there's no purpose, we don't live fruitful lives. We live fruitless lives. God wants us to do something with the years that he has given to us. And so he gives us purpose so that those years have a direction and a focus for which we can achieve something. Each one of us, God has given a purpose. Each one of us are born to make a difference in this world. Each one of us, the more we understand our why, makes our what more exciting. When you understand that you are here to make a difference, then it gives new direction to how you use your years. We spend our years as a tale that is told, says the scriptures. We can spend them with, uh, with uh, empty, fruitless activities, or we can spend them in a way in which they produce uh, results and change the world in which we live. You are here to make a difference. And you need to ask yourself every time you look in the mirror, am I making a difference in this world? The culture tries to convince us that the reason we are here is for ourselves. But God didn't need you here for you. You are here because you are to make a difference in the world in which you live. And so God has given us a purpose so that our lives have direction so that our lives are fruitful, so that our lives produce. Second reason why we are given a purpose is because without a purpose, you don't get a chance to participate in God's reconciling movement in the world. To understand God's purpose in our lives and how it fits into God's intention for the world is made clearer for us when we observe and study the life of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only one who makes sense out of this crazy world. 
And I say that because the Bible makes it clear. Jesus Christ is the one in whom, through whom, and for whom all things exist. John chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 says, The Son, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. So what does that mean? It means that we cannot rightly understand our world or ourselves apart from Jesus Christ. His life, his death, and his resurrection are what makes sense out of what's going on in this world. The more we understand Jesus the more we understand the world and what's happening in it. In his incarnation, he embraces and endorses our world. That despite how bad and messed up things look in this world, he chose to become a part of it. He did not have to come to this earth. He chose to become to this earth. He didn't have to put on flesh. He chose to put on flesh. He didn't have to limit himself to the, to, the, to the restrictions of a human body. He chose to limit himself to the restrictions of a human body. And by doing that, he's telling us something about how he feels about this world. In his death, he reminds us there is something deeply broken in this world, damaged by sin. And the cross and the death of God incarnate tells us that this world is still worth saving. As messed up as it is, as out of kilter as it is, as lopsided as it is, the cross of Jesus says it still is worth saving. It still has some value. It still means something to God. And the more we understand that, the more it helps us understand the world in which we are living in. Amen. And in Christ's resurrection, he reminds us there's a better world that we have yet to experience. The Bible calls it a new creation, a second creation. A lot like this one, only better. Only entirely renewed and perfected. Where there will be no more sickness, no more death. Where the lion will lie down with the lamb. In other words, when he rose from the dead, His resurrection said by that rising, this messed up world is not all there is. This messed up world is not the end of what it is. There is a better world coming. There is a better style coming. There's a better way of living coming. Lions will lay down by lambs and not kill one another. There's something better for us is what he's communicating in the resurrection. Amen. And until that new creation becomes our reality, God's purpose is that you may join him in reconciling this world back to living under his rulership. 
It's tragic that so many of us preachers have given you the impression that the only reason you should come to God is so that you can go to heaven when you die. It is so sad that for many of us, that's the extent of our understanding of why we should have a relationship with God. Let me say this. If that's the only reason for having a relationship with God, then we might as well wait till we get ready to die to get one. Because that would mean it has no purpose in this present world. That if it's only about the next world, why bother? Live, drink, and be merry, as they say. And forget about it. And if we thought a little about a little bit, we would conclude ourselves. That can't be all there is to this. It can't just be coming to church for an hour or two on Sunday morning is all there is so that I can die and go to heaven. In fact, we have folks who, who uh, want to keep membership in the church so that when they die, they have a place to be buried. I mean, it's got to be more there than that. If that's all there is, we might as well forget the whole thing. There, 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 there's got to be more to just living and dying. And I think that's the point that God is trying to make and in inviting us to become a part of his movement as he seeks to reconcile the world unto himself. Jesus gave clarity to that movement. When he began to preach, the kingdom of God has arrived. I cannot imagine Jesus standing on the corner, preaching to people saying, if you come to me, you won't go to hell. You can't find that nowhere in the scriptures. In fact, you don't even find Jesus talking about the next life until he's getting ready to leave this one himself. And he does that, and he's trying to encourage his disciples when he says that, uh, that uh, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Why did he bring that up? It's because he's getting ready to leave. And he wanted him to know that this is not the end. There's still more. Apart from that, you don't have Jesus preaching about heaven or hell except to those who are religious and won't do the right thing. The rest of the time, he's inviting people to come into the movement. Come and join what God is doing to the world. Come and live under the rulership of God. Come and learn how human life is supposed to be lived out. Come and let's destroy the work of the devil, which is destroying the lives of people, which are making them hungry and naked and lonely and in prison. And that's why he says, if you were, when I was in prison and you visited me, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. What is he saying? He is saying, that the kingdom of God is more than the way in which the enemy has caused us to live in this world, but the kingdom of God is far better than what you're seeing in this world. Amen. That's why he taught us to pray. He said, when you pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will come be done where on this earth as it is in heaven and you don't have to be a scholar to realize that the will of God is not being done on this planet Satan is in control of this planet 
And the stuff that Satan does is to destroy human life and to destroy people. Jesus says, come on, let me show you a better way to live. Let me show you how to live under the reign of God. Let me show you how to make better choices and better decisions and how to live your life. The issue is far bigger than heaven when we die. The issue is living under the reign of God right now and manifesting God to the world in which we live. Amen. God's purpose for you is to be a part of the movement, to come and live under the reign of God and give this world a picture of what it looks like to live under God's rule. That's what Jesus did. He preached to change minds. And then he showed miracles to give them a glimpse of the kingdom. He raised the dead, but he didn't raise all the dead. Why didn't he raise all the dead? Because it wasn't time to raise all the dead. The time for all the dead to rise was coming later. But I'm going to give you a glimpse of what the kingdom is like. In the kingdom, people don't die. They live forever. Why did he not heal everybody? He healed some. Blind eyes, lame walk. Wasn't time for everybody to be healed. But let me give you a glimpse of what the kingdom looks like. You see, this is the way the kingdom is. In the kingdom, those who are broken in bodies will be healed and their bodies will be whole. He tried to give us glimpses of what the kingdom of God looked like while he was here. And he's asking you to come and join him. And do the same thing. Show mercy so that the world can see what the kingdom of God looks like. You see, God's kingdom is full of mercy. Show kindness to people who are hurting. Why? Because God's kingdom is a place where there's kindness. Feed people who are hungry. Why? Because in God's kingdom, people don't starve to death. Those who are lonely, comfort them. Why? Because God comforts people. Give people a glimpse of what it looks like to be a part of the kingdom of God. Are you getting me this morning? Amen. And just think, God's given to you the privilege and the purpose of being a part of that. God's given to you the honor of being a part of what he's doing and bringing the world back under his control. God has given to you the highest honor you can get to be invited to be a part of what he's doing. The creator is calling you to be a part of what he's doing in the world. And when you do it, he is saying, you make a difference in the world. When you do it, when you live out that purpose, you're changing the world. You're making it better. You're not only making it better, you're showing them what the father is about. When they see that manifested in you, they see it, get a glimpse of God. How do you glorify God? You can't add to God's glory. You can only manifest his glory. And every time you do something that is a picture of the kingdom, what are people seeing? They're seeing God at work. That's why when you give money to a guy on the corner who is standing out there looking for help, what does he say? He goes, God bless you. What's he saying? He's saying, I recognize God has given you the possibilities of doing something to help me. That's God manifesting his glory through you. And then the third way in which we or which God has given us a purpose is that without a purpose you become a victim to life's inequalities, inequities. Life is hard. 
And pain is real. And without something bigger, without a greater purpose than survival, we become victimized by life stuff. See, something is always happening to us. Something, something is always going wrong. Something, something's always going to break our hearts. Something is always going to set us back. Something is always going to disappoint us. That's the way our world functions. And if just outliving life's stuff is all we have, we soon tire and we focus only on our pain. And when we focus on our pain, we miss what it is that God is trying to do in our world. See, we look at pain differently. We look at our problem as something we got to get out of. God looks at our problems as, oh, an opportunity for me to teach you something. We look at how soon will this be over? And God is saying, oh, boy, you're learning this so well. You're developing so well. You're becoming a better version of yourself because you have a bigger purpose, a bigger purpose, a greater purpose. Paul was an old man when he was in prison in Rome. He was a long, long way from home. He, he's awaiting execution And everything has been taken from him. His friends are gone. His freedom is gone. His ministry is gone. Even his privacy is gone. Because he is chained to a guard 24 hours a day. Wasn't a happy time for Paul. But there was one thing that they could not take away from Paul. They couldn't take away his purpose. And he chose to stay focused. Even through his challenges, he never lost sight of his purpose. He continued to serve God and serve people no matter what he was experiencing. Some of those epistles that we read in the Bible was written while he was in prison. And what is Paul talking about? He's talking about God, God's goodness, God's mercy, God's program, God's movement, he never lost sight of his purpose. When your purpose is is clear to you, when you run into the bumps of life, and you will, those bumps in life won't crush you because your purpose will keep you moving through every single bump that comes into your life. That focus on your purpose will enable you to stand strong no matter what is happening in your life. When you stay focused on your purpose, not your problem, you can find peace and joy even when life seems to be falling apart. In Victor Franklin's book, Man's Search for Meaning, this Jewish psychiatrist was taking to one of the death camps in Nazi Germany where all his family, all his friends were gassed and murdered. He talks about the day when he 
stood in front of the Gestapo, stark naked. He said, they took everything away. They took all of my clothes off. Even my wedding ring they took off. He said, I stood there with nothing at all. He said, and then I suddenly realized there was one thing the Nazis could not take away from me. They could not take away my choice as to how I would respond to what they were doing. We can't control the problems that come into our lives. The elder referred to him today in his prayer about the storms that come into our lives. We, we can't control those. What we can control is how we will respond to those. And I'm saying that a clear focus purpose will cause you to respond to them differently than you will respond if you do not have a clear focused purpose. Purpose can make you respond like uh, James Cleveland in the old song when he says, I don't feel no ways tired. He says, I've come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me what. He said what. But he brought me too far to leave me. When your purpose is clear, your response becomes more determined. That no matter what that storm or trouble or trial or difficulty might be, your purpose will enable you to not quit when the road gets tough. And I believe that's one of the reasons God gives you one. Because God knew what sin was going to do to us in this world. And he knew that it would continue to produce problem after problem. In fact, he said, in this world, you will have tribulations. But be of good cheer. Strong purpose helps you to get through every single one of those difficulties. With your head up and your face unbowed and your determination to make a difference in this world. Let's pray together. Every single one of us in this room is here to make a difference, God. You you birthed us for that. You gave every single one of us in this room a purpose. And it wasn't just to be happy. You gave us a purpose for others. And as we sit here today and reflect on on this challenge, I pray your Holy Spirit would, would do his work. Some of us, some of us thought we were just getting life insurance for heaven. We didn't get it. That there's much more than that. 
And maybe today, God, you may remove the scale from those eyes that haven't captured your purpose for them. And that today, their soul may catch fire with the determination to live a purposeful life. And God, there may be somebody here who joined church thinking that that's all there was, didn't realize that that's just just a means to an end. That we come to church to get with other believers like ourselves, to, to learn, to get more fuel, to get a better understanding but that your real ministry for us, your real purpose for us is, is all those people outside of church who don't come, that you love so desperately and would love to bring into the kingdom of God. And maybe today might be the moment where you enlarge their, their vision and help Help that person to see, oh, it's more than just my church stuff. God has something for me to make a difference in this world. And for those, Lord, who might be here who's never entered into a relationship with you because somehow they thought that that was like joining a church and they didn't understand that you were calling us individually to yourself, inviting us to join in the movement because you love each one of us and you want to share your heart with each one of us. Maybe today might be the day that that person says yes to God. I, I got a better understanding. It's, it's more than just going to church. I have a life to live that manifests God in a broken world. And he's counting on me to do my part. He birthed me for that. God, maybe this would be the day when that person says yes to you and surrenders their life into your hands. And God, maybe this might be the moment when you speak to South Bay as a whole. Where do you say to everyone who is a part of this assembly, you say, you're not here just to worship and sing to each other. There's a broken world out there. There are lost people. There are broken families. There are hungry people. I've called you together because you can do more together than you can do by yourself. And I've set you apart for that purpose. And Lord, maybe as a church, we can, we can rise up and say, we want to fulfill our purpose while we're here, while we're together to make a difference. So Lord, whatever it is that you want or need to say to each one of us, would you do it now? Would you speak to us now? Would you stir our heart now? Would you warm our hearts now? 
you set our souls on fire now? And God, maybe from this point forward, we can, we can fulfill the purpose for which you gave us to this world. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for this installment of Renewing Your Mind, a web-based ministry of South Bay Community Church, located at 47385 Warm Springs Boulevard, Fremont, California. We can be found on the web at www.sobcc.org. We'd like to take a moment to invite you to come and join us in person for one of our dynamic Sunday morning worship services. Services begin at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. each Sunday, and we would be so blessed to have you come worship with us. We'd also love to hear from you a word about how this ministry is helping you renew your mind for the glory of Jesus Christ. So please contact us, and we pray God's blessings over you the rest of this day. God bless.